Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This this month when Pasi asked me, I just thought to what do I God? And what came to mind is how God has been faithful for me during this season. How he's been faithful. And I just want to ask you a song. Uh, something. There's this song we usually sing. Come out, Jaimba, you've heard it. In Asema, this world is not my home. I'm just a passerby. You try to say a song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passerby. Last time we live out, we can say the little person, then we can make food and go. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy took a bath. So there's this song we sing. When I was a kid, we used to sing, This world is not my home, I'm just passing by. And other than this, I mean, hear such song, what comes to mind? This world is not my home. And most times when we sing that song, it's like, Hey, my dear, my children's name is Chapa, but Miss Yoapa, Minyoako. And it gives us an impression that when we are saved, we, when we get saved, uh, it's a two-step uh, two process. We get saved and we go to wait to go to heaven. That's what most most of us uh, think about this. I get saved and then wait to get to heaven. And there are guys who have met, who have told, shared their story and say that, yeah, when I was getting saved, I know that when I get saved, but my shidas say shia, nini, and be well, but hey, my spirit is not. So, but the truth about this is that when we get saved, it's not just for us to wait to get to heaven. There was a purpose God meant for us in this world, and this is to be fruitful. So, as I was reading this, uh, the books I read, I came across something which I just want to share with us. It says that some theologians, theologians in a pastor friend, both squared, they say that salvation is a three-in-one three package. So you say salvation is a three-in-one package. So there are three steps in, in, in salvation. One, you are justified. Two, you are sanctified. And then the last stage is glorified. So when you say that you are sent to go to heaven, it means that you believe that you are justified, after justification is glorification. But the thing is that when you are when you're justified, you have to be sanctified first and then glorified. So to the layman, what, what this means? Justification is just the getting saved, accepting Christ as Lord and saving your life. So it seems that it's just a one step. You accept, He washes your sins, you're good to go. So that's justification. Let me go to glorification and after sanctification. When you talk about glorification, this is where that we go, we are glorified to nine up the So uh, we our bodies, we lose out our bodies, our physical bodies, is in to nature, and we pick on a new body which never gets sick, never dies, and so that's glorification. But the critical part which I want us to look at to understand is the sanctification part, which is the salvation of the of our, of our soul. And the sanctification is when now we are made 
to to be in the image of God. Each and every day, we are taken into the space. So as we get justified, when we get saved, it's a one-day experience. Sanctification is a day-to-day experience for us to be molded to God's likeness. So we find that the, in the sanctification process is where the, where the full, fruitfulness happens. That's where we are. We, are, we need to be, to be fruitful. And this is so even when Pastor Fred was doing the Genesis, he said that when God created us, that was the commandment for us to go out and be fruitful in all, in all this. So I just want us to look at fruitfulness. What does it mean to be fruitful? When you say that we are fruitful, what does it mean to be fruitful? And just to check ourselves, are we being fruitful the way, the way we do it? And to begin us, you want us to read from the book of John. The book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. The title is The Vine and the Branches. And it says, I read, I am the true vine, and the Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So this is the verse which we'll be looking at in being, in being fruitful. And we can see that it says, God is the vine, and the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And we are the branches. And it was interesting before this in Matthew, you see that Jesus was saying to his disciples that they will be known by their fruits. Each and every one of us, which I believe even as, as believers, as believers, will be known by the fruits. And the fruit, our fruit, by our fruit will be recognized. And the question is, which fruit am I bearing? And how am I bearing? And one thing from the verse we see that for us to be fruitful, we need to abide in the Lord. There is no way we can be fruitful if we are if not abide in the Lord. And I looked at this then, what does it mean to abide in the Lord? What does it mean to abide with the Lord? And to abide with the Lord is just being active 
and say that abiding with the Lord is not a feeling or a belief, but rather something that we do intentionally. We do it intentionally. And why do we do it intentionally? It doesn't just happen to abide with the Lord. You have to strive to abide with the Lord because of our sinful nature. When we sin, then now we are, we are, we, there's a conflict between God's word and our life. And for us to abide, we just need to, to intentionally do it. And it's no matter what we do. Because I was looking at it, the children of Israel, when they were given all the laws, they were told that you are my people, I'll do this for you. But how is it that, despite all that, they still, they, was, they would still see they knew the benefits of, and they had seen God do it, but still it was that. So it shows that on our own, and that's why he says, on your own, you are not able to do it. On our, on our own strength, you are not able to do it, unless you abide with me, unless you draw strength from me. That's when you can be able to be, to be fruitful. And for me, as I was thinking of this, what does it mean to be fruitful? In my own words, I thought, to be fruitful is to rely on the Lord, to rely on Him, to depend on Him, to say, my God, and that's what it means to abide. And there are various ways where we can, we can abide with the Lord, and we abide and commune with Him through uh, they are called disciplines of engagement and disciplines of abstinence. So, in the disciplines of engagement, how do we abide in the Lord? Is through Bible study, prayer, serving, worship, and fellowship. And the disciplines of abstinence is fasting, solitude, silence, chastity, secrecy secrecy, frugality, and simplicity of speech. So this is how we are able to commune and abide with the Lord. And then if I forget, do you know that at the core of Nairobi Chapel Makassi is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is at the core of Nairobi Chapel Makassi. And why do we say that? We grow deep to grow wide. So at each and every core of each and every one of us, it's fruitfulness. So even as yesterday, so the, 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 I remember and said, yeah, we, we are called to be fruitful. And I we strive to be fruitful. And the thing is that as we practice these disciplines, as we read our Bible, as we pray, as we commune, we get closer and closer to God. It's like the the branches you're not aging, but you you get closer and closer and closer to God. But the other thing we see also from the verse is that what happens when we don't abide in the Lord? And that's where it's the tricky part. When we fail to abide until no branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the branch. This means that without Christ, we cannot do anything. Without Christ, we cannot be the, the people God has created us to be. Without Christ, we, can, we cannot do what we are called out to be. 
and for us to be able to be fruitful, for us to be able to to be the disciples God has to be. We need just to abide, to abide in Christ. We need to depend on Christ. We need to draw our strength from Christ. Because we see that without Christ in us, then we cannot be fulfilled. Without Christ, we cannot be able to do what God intends us for us to, to be. And we can see even when Moses was in the desert, he cried out to God and said, Hey God, come away in a season. Let me not move. Because what he felt was that if the Lord is not with us, then we cannot do it. We don't have the strength to do it. And some of us, we've been doing this life on our own strength. We've been doing this on our own strength. And sometimes we find that things are not moving. And the question is, could the things, things are not moving the way we want because we are relying on our own strength? Could it be that we are not drawing from the stream of living water? We are not drawing from the stream of living water. But in its place, instead of drawing from the stream of living water, We've built our own broken systems which cannot be able to support us. Where do we draw our strength from as we do this life? Are we abiding in the Lord? Or are we doing it on our own strength? And the Bible tells us if we go by our own strength, then we cannot do it. If we go with our own strength, we cannot make it. And why do we say that we cannot make it? Just imagine trying to fulfill God's purpose in our lives without Him in us. Trying to love the way He instructs us. Love your neighbor. And how is this love to our neighbor? Love your neighbor. It do good <laughs> to those who are Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. Do you think we are able to love that way on our own strength? Can I love my neighbor on my own strength? Can I bless the one who curses me on, our, on my own strength? For us to love our neighbor, just as God has called us to love, we need to abide in Christ. We need to abide in Christ. Because without that, he says, if you don't abide in me, then you are not, you are not true. In Psalms 127, 1 and 2, it tells us that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build the way. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat and the grand sleep to those you love. Have we been building on our own strength? Have we been building on our own strength? And that's why we see things are not are not growing. Have we been toiling? And I remember Pastor Fred telling us toiling is doing things on our own strength. And he says that in 
We stay up late, toiling for food to eat and grant sleep to the ones in us. Have we been toiling and not seen the fruits of our toil? Tell you, Nafada, to us, and I don't finish my mouth. To me, Lila, to me, Lima, but I told you, I told you, nothing is done enough. But could it be that you're doing it on our own strength? Could we be doing it on And that is us, he says that he gives sleep to those lungs. If I ask us, how many hours do we sleep at night? How many hours do we sleep at night? If he gives sleep to those lungs, how many hours do we sleep at night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he gives sleep to those he loves. Do you know that sleep is a sign of trust in God? Sleep is a sign of trust in God. Yeah? It's a, it's a sign of you trust God. Why, why do I say this? Even as this say that say that. The things that make you awake at night. Yeah? <laughs> there are those things that make you awake at night. But I've come to, to learn that in sleep, it's a significant act of trust in God because we close our eyes, surrender control to what is bothering us, and leave things in the hands of God. And while we sleep, God works. And that's why it's a trust. And this is one lesson I've learned my this journey of life where you just have to trust God. At night, when I say, my God, this is how it is. And I surrender to you. La 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 la. And I'll tell you, even if I can read the report, like I can give you my testimonies, God has been kind of for me. God has been kind of But it is. Am I doing it on my own strength? No. I'm just drawing strength from the Lord. Drawing strength from the Lord. So, for us, as you see it, most of us, when we get to that dry place, most of us, when we get to be pushed to the corner, we know how to hold on. Our default setting is trying to make things make sense of this, and we do it on our own strength, try to see how it is, rather than clinging on to the Lord. When things get tough, do you cling on to the Lord? Do you abide more to the Lord? When it gets close, do you hold God more tightly for you to get the warmth, or do you do it on our, on our own strength? And the thing is that when things get tough, it's time for us now to dig deeper in the Lord and say, Lord, I'm drawing closer and closer to you. I need to see you do it. Because he's done it before. He's done it before. Why would we fail now? And for us, it's for us to abide more and more. So when things get tough, I know most of us is just to run away and try. And try to see our own needs like Adam and Eve to recover because things are hard. But let me draw closer to the Lord for Him to cover us. And He, when He covers us, it will be sufficient. But if we do it on our own, it will not be sufficient. And I just want to share with you.
that's from the book, I love stories, uh, of a king who was able to experience it when he relied on the Lord and when he decided, I can do it on my own strength. And this king is called King Asa. He's one of the kings of, of Judah. And you can see his story in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 14, verse 13, 11 to 13. So at this time, Asa is being attacked by an army of, they call them Cushites. They were attacking him. And the number was so great that they are saying there are thousands upon thousands of armies who are attacking who are attacking Judah. And King Asa looked at the numbers which are there and said, Hey Lord, So what are you doing? He saw the Lord. He went down to his knees and prayed. And what did the Lord do? The Lord, he called on the name of the Lord. And the Lord, his God. And the Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. So he, he tapped on the Lord, the strength of the Lord, he said, Lord, you cannot do it. But with you, we know that you can be able to do it. I draw my strength from you. And the Lord did it for him. He struggled. And I believe that after that, knowing the Bible, after that, we've heard of Cushites again. Because he said, and your is complete. Then, a moment after, some years after, Asa is attacked again. It happens again. At this time, by the king of Israel, Basha. And what does Asa do? You think that we go back to the God who did it the other time and call unto him. But he saw that I can do this. I can handle this. I can do this. So in Second Chronicles chapter 16, what Asa did, he took some jewels from, from the temple and went to the king of Aram. Let's make a treaty between you and this idea. You fight, you come together, we fight the Israel. The Israel nation. And in Second Chronicles 16, 7 and 9, this is the response. Asa got from the Lord when he did that. And it's something I will read, and from, from just the text, you can feel how God was disappointed with Asa for him seeking help from the, from, from, from the king of Aram. Yet, God had done it before for him. And this is what the Lord says. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horses? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hands. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing. And from now on, you'll be at war. You could see the pain the Lord had for this guy just relying on, 
on the king of Asa. Yet on this time, previously, the Lord had delivered him for even a greater army than what he was facing right now. And this is some of the challenges that we have, but the Lord has done it for us before. We were at a tight place and the Lord delivers us. And he brings us the same challenge. And we forget of what the Lord has done for us. And we start trying to do it on our own strength. Yet when we rely on the Lord, he was able to deliver us for that. And it's so hard for God to say, this is a foolish thing you did to rely on humans. It's and here. God with his hands wide waiting for you to run to him and here you are running to humans, running to your own strength to be strengthened. God says it's foolish for you to do that. And I, can, I tell you, God does not have kind words for those who rely on his. He doesn't have kind words and he expects you to run to him, to rely on him, to draw strength from him. When you rely it, when you rely on the ones. And this you can see in the book of Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. This was what the Lord was telling the children of Israel, the consequences of them not relying on him. And it says, this is what the Lord says, Cast is the one who trusts in men. Cast is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in a patched, they dwell, they dwell in the patched places of the desert. In a salt land, no one lives. Even I was when I read these words and I was writing them, I could feel many, many dreams to hear cast the man who depends on man, who depends on human flesh. Yet the Lord is there asking you, come to me, all of you who are wearing a heavy burden, and I keep rest. Where are we drawing our strength from, guys? Are we drawing it from the Lord? Are we abiding in the Lord? Or are we doing it on our own strength? This is the challenge for us this week. Because it tells us when you rely on men, you'll be like a bush in the wasteland. That's a bush, is a bush fruitful. <laughs> it's a bush fruitful. And it grows in salt. <laughs> in a salty land. It doesn't. Doesn't get wrong. So we, when we draw strength from men, we be like a we should not be fruitful. And what God has called us to be is for us to be fruitful, for us to bear fruit in His glory. And we just go and say, so what does it mean then to be fruitful? If you draw from the Lord, and you say that when you draw from the Lord, you be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? And the, and the thing with, with fruitfulness is when you are fruitful, people will see it to be evident in your words because it says by their fruits you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from the bushes or figs from the tree stones? Likewise, 
every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So when you when you are fruitful and you see that the bush cannot you cannot pick grapes from the thorn bush. And fruitfulness, the fruit fruit symbolizes our thoughts, attitudes, actions. So for us to be fruitful, we need to be seen in our thoughts, in our attitudes, and in our actions. And fruitfulness is growing and becoming more and more like love, like Christ. So you radiate Christ's love. You are a conduit of Christ's love, Christ's kindness. So as you get fruitful, that's what that's what you become. And as I do my reading, I found that there are three categories of fruitfulness. When you say you're fruitful, there are three categories. One is on your character. So you'll be fruitful in your character. And this, you can see it from the book of Galatians 5, 22-23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you are fruitful, the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be radiating the fruit of Spirit's love, peace, joy. That's what it means for you. So that's one way of being fruitfulness. The second way of being fruitfulness is through community. We are told that in Hebrews 10, 24-25, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some, some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more you see the day of the Lord approaching. Fruitfulness is about community, the people we hang out with, because we were created for community. We can only thrive in community. We can only see the goodness, your potential in our community. When you live alone, you cannot know the strength you have, what God has given you until you are put in a community. And that's a sign of our fruitfulness, being in community with people who are building us up. When we come to community, we encourage one another, we share our challenges with one another, and say that for those who are happy to not to do that, giving up meeting us. And you find that most of them, things get tough, we hide ourselves, but that's the time for you to, to go out and commune with others because that's what gives us strength. And it's fancy, what I to tell you, for those who are not able to attend church because of work, it usually pays a lot. Because I feel that this is a blessing God has given you to bless your life. But instead of using it for his glory, it's drawing you far away from God. It pains me because we need to draw closer to God. That is God. Because uh, there's a book of Zulia and it says that when God gave you that blessing, he didn't, he didn't know that there are things which will come. When God gave you that job, didn't he know that you have you need to make more money with that. But he gave you because he trusted that you have the capability to do it. But what we are doing is when he gave us that opportunity, instead of it growing us closer to him, it takes us apart from him. Yeah, 
guys, community parties, and the last part is commission. This is the great commission in Matthew 28, 19-20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission. An interesting thing that there's a, there's a guy called Charles Spurgeon. So just Spurgeon says that every Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you are either a missionary or an imposter. Every Christian, you are either a missionary or an imposter. Because Christ gave us the great commission to go out. And the thing is that most times when we hear the great commission, what comes in your mind here living in Korapo is you think of an evangelist, a market, a megaphone, <laughs> doing the preaching. Yeah? I'm a director of the job, and I can can do it through our words and our deeds. And if you look at, if you read the book of Acts clearly, you see that the early churches which sprang up and became the mega churches in the book of Acts, they were started by not apostles, but by believers. And if you are keen enough to look, the names of those who started the churches, they are not even mentioned. They were brothers uh, in Rome, they were brothers who were. <laughs> In Antioch, there are people who started a church in Antioch. It becomes it became so vibrant that the apostle had to go to send Barnabas to go check out. Hey, could a church in happen Antioch? And when he went there, so because it was the guys, the ordinary you and me. Preaching God's one. And that's what we call on, just to be stuck with our, with our, with what we do. Minister with our actions. Minister with our words. And it doesn't have to be really God's word to be able to, to be able to, to know the Lord. But we can share our testimonies. We can share our stories of what God has done for us. So yeah. And it's just, one, one testimony. When we did our testimony Sunday, the still one still reminds me because CG's testimony. I still because it just shows me that God is still doing it. And it was a powerful testimony that when I can't read the Bible, because the Bible we might say that these are just things written. But when I hear God is doing his things through people who I can see, I can relate, it's more powerful than reading the Bible. And that's 
I say, you are either a missionary or an imposter. Because God has given you all that you need to share his goodness with others. God has given you a story to share his goodness with others. And the thing which is, we look at missionaries people reading the Bible, but could your story inspire someone today? Could your testimony inspire someone today? And it's from simple things that happen. And I can share with you just what happened in the morning. So when I start with the morning, anytime I see it, I just I use a number because I say it's convenient for my place to hear take this shot. So this time I said, no, I want to take a step. I want to go with a matatu. And matatu is usually, I guess, sometimes they take a matatu. Because I'm going to go with a matatu, and I'm going to go with a matatu. Kobe, lazima ijai, as I'm going to go with a matatu, so lazima ijai, so lazima ijai, so lazima ijai, Kobe, if you talk about Kobe, I'm going to go with a matatu. So, chances of getting letters. And after getting the letters, the plan we took here, I got to it. Because I'm telling you, so I have to prepare this in the morning. So, you can think as you know. So, if I talk about how I plan to do about 10, I get at 10.15. Chances of me getting to church, I'm at 10.15, I usually sleep. And then, obviously, I, I, I had to pass by the supermarket. So, there's a good heart. Distance. So, that's my record. Apart, <laughs> So the Speaking 
God's word through you, through you. Speaking God's word through what God is doing to the glory of our lives. So even as we, as I end this summer, we just, I just want to ask us, where are we going our strength from? Where are we going our strength from? And what fruit are you getting right now? If God asks you, love will come to What have you done? You have to give What will I say? Will I be like Adam and Eve and start seeing reasons? God will enjoy the material job. My wife gave me, when I happened, this happened. Or will I say, Lord, you gave me five times. Here it is, ten, I give you that. Believe me that. Believe me, Ama, we just believe in Jesus. Why? We are not perfect. So this week we just challenging us. And you see, not just God has given us the stories, but even given us gifts for us to use. Yeah? How for us to be to shepherds yesterday to be our manicos. We were saying that we were just <laughs> manicos are here. <laughs> We are just, we are just sharing what's up to money because doing the paint work I had. In the morning, we had the priest in here. They were, they were ministering to God through their songs. Yeah, ministering to God through our songs. Last time when we did the someone series, yeah, yeah, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we, we did the test. We are all unique in our own ways. God has given us each and every one of our uniqueness. And it's for us just in our uniqueness to bring out the glory. Because it says that we are now the, uh, it says that now we are the body of Christ and each of you is a part. So we are all part of the, of God's glory. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, Every every part is honored. So imagine in the in, in the body, I, I believe if you take it to try plant to more than the eye, more than the mouth, more than the ear. So if one suffers, then the whole body suffers. Now the whole the whole body suffers because of that too. And that's how it is when we don't we don't miss that the Lord, we don't share, we don't we don't put our gifts into, into, into practice. The whole body of Christ suffers. So I believe everyone now, if you look at the Bible, the people who are blessed to, to do God's work, see what are your pastors. If you look at, uh, uh, let's, let's go back to Exodus, when the Ark of the Covenant was being, was being made, God gave the requirements, Akabia Moses, Abdiya Bezalel, and Ohonia. I have filled them with my spirit to do the work. Let me do the work. I usually find them there. <laughs> so God told Moses that I've given them Bezalel and Holiab. They are filled with the spirit of God. 
with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. So the Lord put the Spirit, His Spirit on Bethany and Oholia. And the thing is, He didn't put that Spirit for them to go preach the gospel. They were to bless Him with the works of His hands. They were to glorify Him in the works of His hands. Are you glorifying God in the works of your hands? Where you are to are you glorifying in the works of your hands? I Praise God. 
Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.